0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Ball and Chain podcast, everyone. My name is Mark Thomas, and I'm actually coming to you today from Reno, Nevada. I've been doing some work here for our upcoming gaming license uh, for Zen Sports in Nevada, which is uh, super exciting and had a full day here at uh, some of the local uh, casinos that we will be uh, potentially operating in. Uh, So a little bit of a change of pace for me. And uh, we've got a lot to get into. I have not yet done a podcast since the Bucks made the finals. Uh, My family was in town in the L.A. area over the weekend, and we were busy celebrating. But that was short-lived with the Bucks losing tonight, which uh, we're going to get into here in a second. Uh, And uh, the guests that we're having tonight, uh, I am excited to uh, announce, is... Uh, none other than our marketing manager here at SunSports. Uh, it is Allie Milnicki, and she's been amazing for us uh, since she's been working here at SunSports uh, in March. Uh, you probably have seen her post in our social media channels and uh, broadcast her podcast out there and uh, get that all going. And so she's going to be sharing her own podcast episode early Wednesday morning when this goes out. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast. Ellie. Thanks Mark. How does it feel to be on the other side of it as a guest?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's 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 not so much as a guest, it feels like I'm like your co uh co-host for the night if you want to put it that's, that way. Cuz we probably be having the same conversation tomorrow uh about tonight.
0: So, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. I like that. I like that. So you're the you're the co-host tonight. We we got to get you your own uh podcast uh Uh, series going anyway so this this will be your hopefully your uh, first uh, foray into that uh, here at uh, here at Zen Sports so all right why don't we kick off with what was going on in the NBA tonight Uh, so uh, I guess I'll just kind of start off with you know the moment of euphoria for the Bucks making the finals for the first time ever in 47 years or not the first time ever but the first time in 47 years uh so it was a super special occasion this past saturday night uh the uh third of july and uh you know this was definitely going to be an interesting finals i do actually still think the bucks win in seven but we'll get to that in a minute um but let's first start just with the the bucks and Suns making the finals even though we already know the suns won game one tonight uh but let's first start there with the the fact that these are two teams uh, that haven't been in the finals for a while. Uh, the Suns in about, I believe, 28 years or so. Bucks in 47, as I mentioned. But either way, both both uh, first time in a long time. Um, and so I think it's kind of interesting that we don't have the usual suspects either in the form of the teams that usually make the finals or the stars that usually make the finals. Uh, in fact, I believe they said that uh, there's only one or two players that have made the finals. Um, that are on either of the two teams. I know Jay Crowder, maybe there might be one or two others. Um, but for the most part, it's all, uh, you know, cast new characters. So, uh, which is awesome. Uh, so with that being said, uh, what are your thoughts on just this finals matchup in general with both the Bucs and the Suns uh, being in the finals this year?
1: Sure. Well, I think you and I are the only ones in the office in the pool that both had the yes. Suns and matchup. So as much as I want to say I'm surprised, I'm not surprised because it was my pick. Um, I thought the Suns were a dark horse at the beginning of the season just because how they finished out the bubble last year um, when they were in Orlando for the playoffs. They went on that 8-0 run, and you could really see this young team maturing itself. Uh, Devin Booker, I followed him in his year in Kentucky, and he was a bona fide star there, and I just knew he was going to grow uh, DeAndre Ayton, he might have went into the league a little prematurely after his year at Duke, but he's totally blossomed this year. And then I think having a veteran leader like Chris Paul really was the nail in the coffin after the Monty Williams signing as head coach last year. So I was big on the Suns from the beginning. And then once I got into the playoffs, you know, everyone was jumping on the Lakers bandwagon once they were the seventh seed and they were just going to roll over the Suns. But, you know, the Lakers are a vulnerable team. We saw LeBron James go down a lot this year. We seen Anthony Davis go down his entire career multiple times. So I wasn't surprised when the Suns took advantage of Davis being injured and LeBron not being 100 um, percent. And then, you know, I know when they played Denver in the second round, obviously, Jamal Murray wasn't there for the Nuggets, but they completely ro- rolled over Jokic in the Nuggets and Jokic is. Presumably going to win the MVP award, and they just dispersed them in four games. And then, you know, I know that a lot of critics will say, "Well, they had then the Clippers without Kawhi." But don't forget, Chris Paul was out the first two games of that series, and the Suns still came away with victories. So I'm not surprised there. Um, on the Eastern Conference side, I just thought the Bucks were the most complete team. They obviously were the healthiest team. I thought they have the most depth. They have the best defense. So seeing them and I've just been on Giannis for years how like underrated of a player it is even though he is in the MVP conversation so I'm not surprised at all in this matchup I'm probably in the minority but uh as our brackets indicate you and I called it from the beginning.
0: Well you were actually the only one that said Suns Bucks. I said Jazz Bucks oh, yeah, but the Suns right. but the Suns losing to the Jazz in the conference right. finals but almost everybody in the company had the Suns losing to the Lakers in the first round and I'm sorry yeah. but even with Anthony Davis healthy I just wasn't seeing it so uh I thought it was really ironic that everyone just rode kind of the you know um you know the blue bloods into this uh, it just it, it they weren't they weren't the same blue bloods as they were you know in prior years right. um I guess that the question we got to kind of get into next is um really or the topic we need to get into next with regards to the Suns uh is really Chris Paul because I don't think it's a surprise to see Devin Booker you know, take that next step or Aiton or, um, you know, some of the other role players that the Suns have and, uh, and so forth. But I I think what's honestly surprising for me is just how well Chris Paul has played. And I mean, he's never, I mean, he's gotten to plenty of, you know, conference finals, you know, semifinals, conference finals. Um, and even I believe one NBA finals, I think with the thunder. Um, but anyways, Oh, why is he, I, I just, I'm shocked at his performance so far. And he started out really slow in the game tonight against the Bucks, Um, but really came on in the, you know, really, I guess, kind of towards the end of the second quarter. Um, I think he was four for eight at the half. And then obviously just, you know, exploded in the second half. But I think for me, that's the biggest surprise of Suns because without him, they obviously wouldn't be, you know, where they are right now.
1: Right. And I think this is just a new role for Paul. You kind of saw it last year when he like took over an OKC Thunder team and had them in contention most of the year. Just, you know, a bunch of no names in him. I think, you know, after playing alongside James Harden for years when he was in Houston, playing alongside Blake Griffin when he was in L.A., I think being the veteran presence on a young team gives him a sense of maturity and maybe takes, like, the pressure off him a little bit. Um, I just see him just meshing a lot well and not having to worry about, you know, getting Harden his shots, getting Blake Griffin's his shots underneath. He just really has good chemistry with these young guys. And you could tell they have respect and look up to him. Um, And I think that really just affects his play and his confidence going further. And, yeah, like you said, like he had zero points in the first quarter this uh, game tonight. And even the last game against the Clippers, I think he had zero points in the first quarter as well. And then he he just went on a tear for there. And I think that's when his confidence sparks. Like once he makes one or two jump shots in a row and then he gets in his groove. It's just unstoppable for him there. And then, you know, you got DeAndre Ayton, who just is a beast inside. He plays defense well. He just knows how to like pass the outlet, even when you get like Mikkel Bridges on the side or Cam Johnson or Cameron Payne. They're just a very well-rounded team. And like the chemistry is like, I think it personally, at least the best in the Western conference I've seen all season. Yeah,
0: and, and going back to the Bucks making the finals, so obviously this is my team and uh, something for me that was just absolutely amazing to watch take place on Saturday night uh, was them making the finals for the first time ever in my lifetime, uh, making the finals for the first time ever in uh, 47 years. Uh, and I, the reason I picked them to make the finals, besides the fact that they're my team, uh, was I kind of have to agree with you. I think they were the most complete team. I also thought that for the first time in a long time they had – the right mix of role players and uh, three-point shooters um, that they didn't have in the past, uh, Mm -hmm. like Bryn Forbes, uh, like Bobby Portis. I think Connaughton's really, really uh, stepped it up. And so from my perspective, I think that's really, uh, you know, why they were able to make the finals. And so, uh, you know, here we are uh, with uh, Suns Bucks in the uh, NBA finals. And tonight uh, game one happened and, uh, obviously, everyone knows that the Suns uh, won the game one hundred uh, 118, excuse me, to 105, which for me, I was just really frustrated that when they were down, I'd say between five and eight in the first half, that they could never cut that game back to about even. I think actually that's where they lost it going into half down eight, because right. not that they can't come back from an eight point deficit. I mean, that's that's not the problem. The problem is, is that they were just not. In my opinion, finding ways to easily stop, um, you know, the switching and or easy easily use the switching uh, or dropping back to stop, um, you know, Booker and Paul, and they definitely found something out or figured something out towards the end in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. with uh, Giannis moving over to the five, and I think that really started to make things tougher. And that's one of the reasons why the Bucks were able to basically cut 13 points into that lead um, and make it, uh, you know, take it from 20 uh, down to seven. So I think that's a bad adjustment on uh, Bud's part, but where I'm actually going to really start with this game. Uh, and this is probably the home me coming out, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it anyways. I think this game was lost in the fact that the NBA rescheduled this game to today so originally the finals were set to begin next or this thursday Uh, that would have been had the bucks played uh, game seven in the finals on monday yes it would have still been the same amount of rest but uh, for various reasons i think uh, both the uh, major league baseball all star game and maybe some olympic olympics and whatnot uh, the nba decided to move it up to tonight uh, giving the suns you know, a lot of rest, I believe about a week off and the Bucks only three days off. Uh, and clearly, while Giannis came out and played tonight, he played, I think, quite well, uh, not giving us the same amount of rest uh, that we were supposed to have. The Bucks just looked a step slow for the first two and a half to three quarters. And ultimately, I think that's what what did them in tonight.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And if you think about it, when they did win on Saturday, you know, they won in Atlanta. So you have to travel from Atlanta back to Milwaukee, back all the way to Phoenix. Like that's a lot of traveling in a few days and everything. I don't think the NBA did do the Bucs justice with moving the game up. Um, I'm all for one. If this is like the ultimate uh, championship, you know, teams should have like at least a semi-equal amount of rest, not just two full days off and then right back to the grind for a team that has to like play back to back road games. And, you know, there was even a, it was like a big talk about um, report over the weekend, Chris Paul talking about how, you know, the extra rest really helps him heal his hand and everything and get that extra, you know, spoof that he needs. Like, I think they really did. Uh, the league really did the EBEX a disservice in moving up the game. And I get it. Like you said, there's other sporting events going on, but at the end of the day, you know, these are athletes. And if you want the best quality of games, you know, you got to give them rest. And Giannis yeah. could have used the extra two days rest. The whole team could have used the extra two days rest. I mean, the other day, Drew Holiday, Brooks Lopez, Chris Milton, they were playing out of their mind against Atlanta. Um, like you wouldn't even have known Trey Young played in that game. That's how much they were dominating. And I just think that it was unfair for the NBA to move it up to like a Tuesday night. Like it should have been a prime time NBA Thursday night, game one game. Um, And yeah, I was even, I I almost forgot that the game was going to be tonight until like yesterday. I read it. So.
0: Yeah. There were a lot of other, um, you know, people that said the same thing that didn't even realize that the game was going on tonight. Uh, They thought it was for Thursday. And look, I mean, if the game had been originally scheduled for today, then that's a completely different story. Then, you know, fine. They're keeping the schedule, but it was originally scheduled for Thursday. What are they, why are they moving it up? I mean, that just, it doesn't make any sense. All look, my, the, the bigger issue with that is is that all you gain by moving it up is just questioning and criti- potential criticism. There's nothing to benefit from it. Yes. Now they're not going to be playing uh, during the major league baseball all-star game or whatnot, but who, gives a shit about the major league baseball all-star game does anybody i was just to gonna that? say
1: that no, i mean give me a
0: break like it doesn't it doesn't matter i mean just it just keep to your regular schedule um don't you know don't move it back because then people would say you're just trying to help Giannis. but don't move it up either you know because then people just say that you're trying to help the sons like i don't understand sometimes these sport leagues they they just you know have total brain farts where they don't recognize that by doing something out of the ordinary all it does is leave them open to criticism or if they just stay on the course then while you know maybe you know it's it's a bad break for the bucks or something because you know uh they ended their series later well then that's that's people can handle that but they can't handle is what is perceived manipulation even if it's not real even if it's not the intention just leave it alone like don't touch it like just leave it be. I don't, I don't understand the need for it. So from my perspective, well, there's no excuse at the end of the day, you got to go out and play. Um, I, I still, I'm actually not that worried. I'm, I know it may sound odd, you know, 13 point loss. you know, in game one and and a 20 point lead for the suns at one point, but I, I Marcus Johnson actually just tweeted out a a little bit ago that the bucks probably didn't play their best game, but the suns did. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I still like our chances in seven. I mean, I, I think this next game is huge because I do think the Suns can get a game in Milwaukee. So I would really, really love to see the Bucks get game two. Um, and then uh, obviously if they win both Milwaukee, that's, that's a bonus. Um, but you know, I, I'm worried if they lose game two, I I could see the Suns stealing. Um, I see the Bucks. I see the Bucks winning Game Three, but I could see the Suns stealing Game Four, and then that would just make it really really tough to try and win three in a row against the Suns.
1: Right, I agree with you. I mean, you saw in the Brooklyn Nets series, you know, the first two games were not close at all in Brooklyn, and it, you know, the Bucks rebounded and won in seven games. Sure, Kyrie Irving went down, but still, you know, I still think the Bucs win that series either way if Irving goes down. And, you know, I think the biggest discrepancy for me, and obviously I picked the Suns to win the series, so I'm mm-hmm. just like, I like to stay with my prediction, but yeah. I just felt like every time I was looking at the TV, I saw Devin Booker at the foul line, like the free throw discrepancy, I had to look it up at some points and I, I couldn't believe my eyes, like how many foul, att- foul calls were called against the Bucs and not enough against the Suns.
0: Yeah, well, that's pretty much what I tweeted out a few times during the game. <laughs> uh, look, I, I don't want to make this podcast, a, a you know, a whining fest about the referees. Um, but, you know, this is kind of pretty straightforward. Uh, the Suns were 25 of 26 from the free throw line. The Bucks were 9 of 16. At one point, I think it was towards the end of the third quarter, the Suns had a 13 free throw advantage. Uh, discrepancy in their favor. Uh, so basically, when it mattered, you know, when it counted, I know, the, I know the Bucks got a few free throws towards the end there, uh, but when it really mattered, the Suns uh, were getting all the calls. At one point, Booker had eight free throw attempts and made all of them. Uh, Middleton had none. Uh, and he certainly wasn't filed zero times. And, and this is the thing I just, I, I just, again, I still don't understand. Like you might get a little bit of home cooking in the NFL on a few calls here and there, but why on earth is it such a huge, I mean, huge discrepancy in NBA games? Are these, are these refs not professionally trained? Are, is it, are, does it, do, do they honestly think that people won't find it that obvious? I mean, look, if the Bucks were truly never driving to the hoop and just settling for jump shots, again, different story. And even if they were driving, but maybe, you know, fading away or doing other stuff, that's fine, too. That's different, too. But right. they were clearly getting fouled, And for those not to be called, I just I, I'm just it's, it's obvious. And it's blatant. It doesn't it just doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. And I'm old school, you know, I, I go back to like the bad boy piston days against the bulls and everything. I'm like, you, you know, when it gets to the finals, like that, you got to let them play at some point point. and just calling these like minor calls. Like I know they called like a fragrant one on Brooks Lopez against Chris Paul. And like, when they were going to the camera, I'm like, ah, come, like what is a fragrant flower nowadays? Like, it, it, I feel like everything is getting like, like micros, like microscopic, like let's see if this was like intentional, unnecessary or not. Like, I just think there's the refs are too ready to blow the whistle nowadays. And at the end of the day, you just need to let these guys play. They're professional players, you know, let them bump and shove a little bit. But at least if you're going to make calls, call it fair on both sides. And, you know, I I didn't think that it was a fairly called game.
0: Yeah. And a few people, uh, you know, with a fair amount of followers on Twitter uh, that cover the Bucs. One of them, uh, Bruhub, he, he basically tweeted out, if I'm Budenholzer, I would take the fine and talk about these refs in the press conference. I know Peter Bukowski, uh, he said, this is the kind of game Bud needs to eat a fine after Uh, Mm -hmm. at the time it was 21 to 10 on free throws. Part of that's on the bucks, but they're getting no calls. I I have to agree with that. And Bud won't even get a technical to, uh, you know, kind of bring attention and put some heat on the referees. The reality is, is these referees are human beings and they are swayed uh, to some degree by uh, pressure uh, from the coaching. Now, uh, you know, they're not going to only make a call because of that. Um, but, you know, if if maybe they're just not paying attention and really they didn't realize, like, geez, man, uh, 23 to 10, I think it was at one point uh, in terms of free throws. Uh, when clearly there was not that big of a discrepancy in the number of, um, you know, fo- fouls that were actually taking place. You know, maybe the refs just are, are missing it, you know, just not seeing, you know, that and for whatever reason are kind of letting uh, the home, you know, fans and crowd get to them. I, I just, I just would like to see a lot more consistency in my opinion it is the worst out of all four major sports. Uh, people can complain about NFL refs all they want. No way. Um, I think in major league baseball, it's no way. And certainly not NHL refs. Uh, they probably actually do the best job out of all of them. Uh, but NBA referees just by, by time and time again, and by far and away seem to have the biggest issues with being consistent and especially, not being overly uh, favorable and, and favor and, and having favoritism towards the home team. I, I just, I just don't really get it. And it seems so obvious to the fans and everybody else, why the NBA can't figure this problem out. I don't get it.
1: Yeah. And I think Bud could have did a little more, even if he got himself a technical, just get the team fired up and have something to play for. I mean, Giannis had five fouls. Like I don't Giannis isn't one to like, you know, drive up the foul game. So Um, But, you know, shifting away from the foul thing, I want to get your take, though, how Giannis did play on his, uh, you know, first game back since his injury. Did you think that he looked right? Did you think he was a little hesitant to drive? Uh, I just want to hear your thoughts on it.
0: Oh, no, I thought he looked great. I mean, he looked explosive in all the moves to the hoop that, you know, he showed. Um, I do think he was trying to get more of his teammates involved. Um, So maybe he didn't try to play hero ball, uh, which I thought was actually the right move. Um, and, I mean, this was finally the Bucks shot well from three-point range. They shot 44.4% uh, from three, their best three-pointing uh, output in the postseason by far and away. And, unfortunately, it's a loss. And, you know, next game, uh, hopefully we don't lose by three and uh, shoot 22% um, from three. Uh, but what I think is interesting is that the Bucks were 56 out of uh, 124 uh, from the fee- – I'm sorry, yeah – 56 out of 124 uh, from the field, and the Suns were 52 out of 122. So they're about the same, and the Bucks obviously made you know um, you know five more threes. Um, but the different the this game the difference was at the free throw line. Uh, the Suns made 25 free throws out of 26, and the Bucks made nine. That's 14 points. That's the difference in the game right there, um, and so. Yeah, but the problem is even if the Bucs had made all seven that they missed, they still would have lost by uh, six points. So I have to say it's a little frustrating, but let's get away from some of the rough talk. Okay, we're I, I think I think there was definitely that. That was a contributing factor. Uh, the lack of rest, uh, the lack of bounce in their step was probably a contributing factor too. Um, but then I think the third and final thing was just kind of the slowness to make some of the adjustments. Uh, that Bud is notorious for. Now, he has been coaching very well towards the end of series. I think he coached very, very well in game six and seven against the Nets. I think he coached very, very well in games five and six uh, against the Hawks, uh, whereas in game one game, Games One uh, and two, um, and especially games one, uh, he has been pretty poor uh, on in-game adjustments, whereas he's been better towards the end of series and uh, making adjustments from game to game. So I think the thing that's clear and obvious that they have to do moving forward is keep Giannis at the five. Um, I'd like to see uh, a lot more, um, you know, dropping back. I know that, you know, they've done that before in prior games um, on the pick and roll and it hasn't suited them and the Suns did shoot pretty well. um, The 32.4% from three is not amazing. Uh, Crowder was obviously the biggest culprit there. He was, uh, uh oh 4 to do five from three. Um, which he usually torches the Bucs. He was ter- he was a killer against us. Um, when he was on the Heat last year in the playoffs. But nonetheless, I I think dropping back a little bit more, playing Giannis at the five, um, and you know forcing them to make some more uh shots and not giving them that mid range game that really is Booker's and um Paul's sweet spot in terms of you know where they can really do the most damage against you I think that needs to be the strategy moving forward and hopefully we can knock down the threes at a pretty good clip uh get a few more calls on the free throw line and uh that could be a key to success for game two
1: yeah I agree with you I mean Booker and Paul from the mid-range were just torching torching the Bucks, um and I know that's their their specialty points, but right. that was that without besides the free throws, and, that was the killer. And
0: Paul was only four for seven. Sorry. Paul was four for seven from three, but Booker was only one for eight from three.
1: Right. So this
0: is why I'm talking about dropping in crowders. I mentioned was 0 for five um, Payne and Johnson were combined four for nine. So that was quite good. But nonetheless, I think, I think dropping back is the right strategy um, and, you know, forcing them to shoot more threes um, maybe forcing them to throw it into more of a crowded group um in the paint or uh down low uh and not giving them uh that you know 15 to 17 foot pull up shot that they're so deadly from i think i really do think that they can have some success doing that. and look you know obviously if they start making a bunch of threes maybe you need to switch it or maybe that's just going to be the way it is um, but i do think they start to have some success in the fourth quarter doing uh having that strategy um and keeping keeping honest down low and uh yeah, I think I think that's what they gotta do.
1: Yeah, and I think game twos like they'll be able to do that. Like game twos are always about adjustments. And you even saw in the Clippers series, um, Clippers should have won that game, game two. I mean, we saw when we were out uh, you know, at Ocean Prime, Paul George went and missed those two f- big free throws at the end, which allowed, you know, that ridiculous um alley oop to DeAndre Ayton at the end to give uh the Suns uh the eventual win. So I think that, you know, you go back to the, to the chalkboard, see what you missed, see what went wrong. And I actually do think the bucks will come back and win game two on the road. Um, I haven't looked at the spread or anything yet, but I just think that, you know, you, you have some, you have another, you got all the nerves out of your system game one. It was a lot of their first finals game. And then I think they'll be able to make the adjustments and I just don't honestly see them, See the Suns making 25 free throws next game, so uh, I I actually like your odds. Um, Well, I do
0: see them doing that if they get to the line 26 times in the Bucks, yeah, if they get to the line 26
1: (laughs) (laughs) times. But we'll we'll see, uh, if the refs look at the box score and say, Oh, maybe we did do a big discrepancy on that one, but uh, I think you guys will be able to make the adjustments in game two. You guys were able to do that in uh, against the Hawks last series. Um so you know I'm with you I think it goes 7 games no matter what who wins so um it'll be interesting to watch on Thursday for sure Yeah
0: and both these teams are actually quite good defensively they're two of the better teams defensively uh in the playoffs and so I actually uh, I know a lot of people feel like it was the Bucks offense that let them down this this uh, game tonight, I actually think it was their defense. Well, okay. Let me, let me two things. One, it was turnovers. I mean, so just, just too many turnovers uh, overall uh, for the bucks. Um, But I also really think their defense, uh, especially again, letting um, Booker and Paul, you know, just get to their sweet spot, um, you know, in the mid range game over and over and over again, uh, which, you know, they just kept doing and it's just, you can't, you can't, you can't allow that to happen. Uh, in terms of turnovers, uh, the Bucks had 13. Uh, the Suns had nine, so it wasn't a huge discrepancy there. I did feel like Middleton had a, a, a Middleton and Holiday had a couple of really key ones um, down the stretch when they were cutting it down to nine and seven, and then a costly turnover, you know, prevented them from cutting it down even further. So sometimes with the turnovers, it's not even how many you have. I think 13 is fine. Um, you of course like to win the turnover battle there, but. Uh, you know, when they came also presented a big problem uh, because, you know, they were costly at the time when you, you know, needed a bunch uh, to be able to get back on a run. So, yeah. um, I I feel, I feel mostly good about game two in the fact that I do believe, like I said, I think the Suns kind of played their best game and um, they didn't barely win. I mean, they won by a a, a normal amount, but we have a lot that I, I think our ceiling is higher uh, so I definitely could see, um, I see Holly having a much better game. Uh, I could see uh, much better defensive adjustments um, in, uh, you know, on the Bucks part. Uh, and then of course, hopefully more free throws. Uh, hopefully we get more free throw attempts uh, like we've been talking about.
1: Yeah, totally. And you know, Giannis isn't going to be limited to just 11 shots from the field in the next game. He's going to, he's going to be more aggressive. I feel like he's going to like take control more, um, and I just I honestly I mean, Chris Paul. Yeah, he's been on a tear since, you know, the last game of the Clippers series. Like he's just shot the ball ridiculously, but eventually he's going to have to come back to earth. And I think if it's going to be a, a game, it's going to be the next one where the Bucs do make um, the adjustments and control more of their mid range defense and really get up in their faces and, and just not give them the shots that they were making this game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, I think that all makes, makes a lot of sense. And like I said, I really, really would like to see the Bucks uh, steal one here in Phoenix uh, because I do think the Suns have a real legitimate shot to win a game in Milwaukee. Um, You know, they've got, like I said, a pretty good, very solid defense and defense tends to travel well uh, in the playoffs. Um, And, you know, they have, I think, a reasonably experienced team in the playoffs. Uh, Maybe not so much the finals, but uh, in the playoffs in general, that I don't, I mean, I think the Bucs do have a great home court, but, um, you know, it wouldn't be like, oh, my gosh, shocking um, if the Suns won uh, a game in uh, Milwaukee. So uh, anything else about this game tonight before the quick turnaround? Uh, This is one of only two turnaround games where there's only one day off in between. All the other games, except for six to seven, have two days off in between. So three days uh, uh, from one game to the next.
1: Yeah, and I feel like this is like the first real year that's happened because I remember in past years, like, you know, watching game one, whether it was the Warriors Raptors series or when it was Warriors and Cavs, like, there were like at least two two days off, two full days off in between game one and two. So I feel like this is like a relatively new thing. I could be wrong though.
0: Yeah, they did that. um, They did that for this series. Uh, There's two full days off in between games two and three, games three and four, games four and five uh, and five and six.
1: Okay.
0: Um, yeah. that those, all those have two full days in between each game.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I think the only thing I'm going to, I'll add for this uh, series is just, it's just exciting to see new fresh faces in the finals. You know, we don't have to see, you know, I think it got drawn out, seeing LeBron every year, seeing Curry every year, seeing Klay Thompson, you know, and the Warriors every year, Um, and this is really the first like finals where we don't have a LeBron or we don't have a Warriors uh, team in, I don't know how many years, at least one of the two.
0: Yeah. And people are saying like, that's going to be bad for the NBA. No, it's not. One of the reasons why the, one of the reasons why the NFL is so popular is because of the parody, because you don't know at the beginning of the season, who's going to, well, I mean, you might have favorites of course, but there's also some element of surprise. Uh, You have, you know, certain every single year you have teams that didn't make the playoffs, um, make the playoffs and teams that did make the playoffs not make the playoffs. You have teams that were a five seed become the one seed and vice versa. Uh, the playoffs certainly, certainly have some drama to them. Um, and while, you know, I mean, you know, good teams generally find their way into the Super Bowl, um, there's still, you know, definitely parity in the league. Um, you definitely do get a balance of, of, of faces that you see, um, you know, in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. And, you know, if, if the NBA wants to follow in the NFL's footsteps in terms of, Uh, popularity. And I mean, it's obviously very popular, but I'm saying if it wants to try to attempt and get to that next level of popularity, I actually think um, having some variety and having some, um, you know, parody and, you know, seeing those that we haven't seen before, you know, in the finals is good for the game. Um, Because otherwise, like, it's just the same. I mean, what did we have? We had Warriors caps three years in a row. Uh, you know, I mean, that's just, I'm sorry, but, uh, that got old. Uh, and so why, why are we always having the same teams or, and then definitely, you know, I don't think anybody except maybe a few, few diehards in Brooklyn were rooting for the Nets that, you know, threw together a super team, uh, to try and make the funds. I mean, that, that's the, that's the worst. Um, you definitely don't see that in the other sports. Uh, and I think everyone is glad that's not happening. You want to see teams that have, you know drafted um, that have made true trades um, both you know middle both before the season started as well as midseason and the bucks obviously did that they drafted giannis many years ago they traded um, brandon jennings for chris middleton many years ago uh, they traded for holiday in the offseason uh they traded midseason for tucker all of these instrumental pieces um, as well as re-signed players like uh, Lopez and so forth uh, and, and Forbes as well, too. So I don't know. I just think that um, I think the NBA is in a good place when it when it has Bucks, sons. Uh, and of course, I'm by so I want to see my team finals over here. But I, I definitely think that this is good for the NBA. Not a not a stain oh. by any stretch of the imagination.
1: No, no. And I'm curious to see the ratings and everything. But, you know, I know people that have been watching that were tuning in to watch the finals last night that like, you know, aren't your usual NBA finals watchers like they're like, well, I don't have to root for LeBron root against LeBron this year. So it's like gives me something to watch. And, you know, just being able to, like you said, to discover these new faces, to look at like Devin Booker emerging as one of the game's most promising talents. And even, you know, against in the Eastern Conference finals to see a a young talent like Trey Young emerge that's what you want to see. I mean, LeBron doesn't have that many years left of him. The Warriors, you know, who knows when they're going to regain, if they ever regain, you know, their dynasty, Clay Thompson hasn't played in two years. Um, so it's, it's nice to see these refreshing faces. And like you said, to have, you know, parody every year, I don't want to see the same, same matchup every year. I, I don't want to like, have to like not tune in the regular season. Cause I know it's going to be Warriors versus Calves at the end. So I'm yeah. really a fan of, of all these emerging stars and, and yeah, I agree. It's very good for the league.
0: Yeah. I think the NBA is in a good place uh, for sure. And uh, exciting stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm bummed about tonight, but I'm also I think still riding a little bit of a euphoria of them even being in the finals. So I can mm-hmm. live with what I can live with what happened tonight. Uh, if they go out and gosh, really, I, I'd say you got to win game two. So otherwise I just, uh, Otherwise, I said probably going to resign myself to the fact that there's no way they're going to win the series because, um, yes, they could win both at home. I'm not saying they can't, uh, it could, the series could end up going like the net series did. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to see that. I want to, I want a little bit more comfortability heading home. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay for tonight. I'm doing well, but, uh, also a little bit tired and a long day at work. So uh, I think we might be playing into it too, but, uh, Thursday. Th- in this case, I'm glad Thursday night is right around the corner and uh, hopefully we go out and we are spry and with the bounce in our step and out there shooting the daylights and putting the stops on uh, Booker and Paul and uh, getting back even in the series.
1: Totally. Are uh, you going to games three or four in Milwaukee?
0: No, I th- here's what I'm going to do. I think what makes the most sense is. Uh, to hold up for game six and seven, Uh, game six to go to and game seven to stay there uh, to watch uh, with everyone in Milwaukee if that happens. Really because, um, you know, even if they win game two in Phoenix, then there's no way they can win the series in Milwaukee. So I'd be going back there without really uh, just just going to the game. And, yes, I take a risk that they would um, not play a game six, but I do think this is going six, at least seven. And, um, you know, if, if I go to, if I go to three and four, then I kind of almost have to stay there for five, six, and seven. Um, so I think it makes the most sense to hold up. And, and if by some chance the Suns win in five, well, then, uh, then I, there was, there would have been kind of no point anyways. So I think going to game six and being there for six and seven uh, is the right move um, because they obviously can't sweep now. Um, highly unlikely that they'd win five, and so if they win, it would be in six and six or seven. Uh, and so holding up for those games, I think makes makes the most sense at this point.
1: Nice, yeah. And that, I mean, that crowd in the Deer District just looks electrifying. So that definitely yeah. looks like a place to be.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, good, Ellie. This was great having you on the podcast for the first time ever. Um, and uh, thank you for joining. We'll definitely let's do it again. Uh, probably somewhere. Uh, Mid series here. And uh, this was fun chatting. Uh, bummer about tonight, but uh, go Bucks on Thursday, and I'll see you in the office later on. Awesome. All right. Take care.
1: Bye bye.